Well, good morning. Good morning. Am I on? I am on. There we go. So, it, it, is, it is the beginning of Advent, beginning of everything that's gone, about to go crazy in our lives, and, and all the stuff, and, and, and everything's gone as we prepare. I can't believe it's almost Christmas already. I mean, wow, this year has just flown by. Um, but I'm excited. I hope you all had a really good Thanksgiving. We did. We had a lot of family in. I had people on the floor everywhere, and there's still too much food at my house. Um, so please come by and take some. <laughs> anyway, we should have had, like, um, potluck after, like, service today. And just everybody just bring it all and, and get rid of it. But, but I, love, I love this time of year. It is my favorite time of year. It always has been. It makes me like a little kid. I like the lights. I like the singing. I like, like everything about it. Um, but the word Advent is actually from a Latin word, and it just um, means coming. Um, it, it's this idea of having an expectation and, and, and just being excited about what's, what's coming. And <coughs> excuse me, I think so often we get into Christmas and we get so busy with the decorating and the shopping and the planning and all that stuff that we miss so much of what this time of year means. I mean, it just seems like people are a little bit nicer, except if you buy that, if you grab that last Black, Black Friday doorbuster thing and you have to fight over it. But, but people just seem to look a little bit nicer. And so this Christmas, I want us to look forward to Christmas and the gifts that Christmas brings. Not the ones in your tree, but the gifts of hope and of love and joy and peace. And those are just amazing amazing gifts um, that, that we, we get and do that. And so this morning, I want to start with our journey as a journey to hope and, and what that actually means. Um, um, we're we're going to be following um, the story of, of you know, Christ being birthed and stuff, and we're going to talk a lot about the star. And I know the star was only mentioned like in Matthew, and most like scientists like, we're not really sure what it was. It's like a supernova. I don't care. I think God put it up there. And everything, but but in that story, there's so many characters that go on, and, and I want to challenge you um, that um, it, our goal for this season is to follow the light. Um, and, and when Christ entered the world, one of his titles was the light of the world, and, and and to find the hope in that, and find yourself in that story wherever it is, and think about all the characters that are in it. You know, there's there's there, there's Mary, and there's there's Joseph, there's Jesus, there's the wise men, there's the shepherds, there's all different people in the story. And so I just want to encourage you, as we take this journey, to find yourself in that story somewhere. Um, and, and, and because I think the big part of that is that story draws us to hope. That, that, that's, that's the underlying thing, that, that's how it all starts. It, it, it draws us um, to the idea of, of hope and, and having hope. I love it. Thomas Aquinas says this, Faith has to do with things that are not seen and hope with things that are not at hand. And, and I know hope is something that probably um, is not um, readily seen nowadays in so many places. Um, I, I know even in this area, there's a lot of people going through some hard times. And, and hope is probably the last thing, like, well, I, I hope. And we make hope like a wish. But the hope that God provides, the hope that he promises us through the birth of Christ and his life and his death is a hope that's more than just a wish. It's a fact. And, and everything. So this morning, that's where we're going to be. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, we have some available for you. You can take it. If you don't own one, put your name in it. Um, take it with you. It's our Christmas gift to you. Um, 
If you like using electronics and everything, we have a Wi-Fi here. It says GBC Guest. Just type in Find More, all lower caps, and you can follow along with that. Um, but as I say every single week and believe with all my heart is that the only words that matter this morning are these words. Um, my opinions, my thoughts can't even compare to these words. And so out of, out of acknowledgement of these words and out of respect and, and understanding the power of these words, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as we open God's word this morning and we begin our journey of hope. In Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 2, Paul writes this. He says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, who has been given to us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you this morning. Fathers, as, as we begin this journey, God, I think so long ago, Father, of people that, that saw, well, wise men that saw a star in the distance and traveled and traveled just looking for the hope of who Christ is. God, I think of over all the years of people that kind of enter the season with hope. And God, but I pray this morning we would make it more than just a wishful thought. God, that we would put our trust. God, that we would put our all in the hope that you are and that you bring. So this morning, would you just encourage us? God, would you challenge us? Would you change us? God, may we enter this season different. God, maybe different than any other year that we are looking and we are searching and we are expecting something amazing to happen. God, I thank you that you were here before we ever showed up this morning. God, that you're here now and you want to speak. So, Father, I pray that you would move me out of the way, that these words would be your words and not mine. And that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to respond and the courage to live it out. God, have your way this morning. God, let hope be restored this morning. And may you get all the credit and all the glory. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, 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 love, um, I love the idea of hope. Um, hope w without hope, we, 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 we barely even exist. Hope, hope is that thing that keeps us going and, and keeps us um, driving on. Um, but I also know that sometimes this time of year, hope is hard. Um, sometimes this, this time of year is harder on people. There, there may be losses. There may be um, things that you have struggled with. And, 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 and in the end, hope may seem distant. Like, it, it's just, where do I find hope? Because it just seems like the world is just crushing down on me and everything. And so this morning, I, I just, I think there are three things that we need to do to actually experience the hope and, and to, to live in the hope that is offered. And, and the very first thing is we need to acknowledge the darkness around us. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about embracing the wait. Because how many of us like to wait? How many went Black Friday shopping? Anybody go Black Friday shopping? And stuff. My wife did. That's probably why she's not here this morning because they're dead tired because it's just wait. But then finally, just committing to the journey 
And, and that's all Advent is. It's this idea of just keep, keep going and committing to the journey. And so I think if we deal with those three things, then we will experience the hope that's in store for us for this season. And that's actually in store for us all year round. That's available. It's not just a Christmas thing. It's not just a. It's not just an Advent thing. That that hope is available to us all the time. And so let, let let's dive into this. Um, the very first thing is I, we want to acknowledge the darkness. We we have to acknowledge the darkness. Because sometimes darkness is dark, isn't it? Sometimes it seems like I can't. I can't see or do anything. Says darkness. I've been places in this world where it was so dark you couldn't see the hand in front of you if you put it two inches in front of you and when it's that dark in our lives darkness actually has a feeling doesn't it i mean have you ever felt the darkness but there's an amazing thing the darkness can never overcome the light one little candle can shine one one little christmas light one little light here and there keeps it from being completely dark and, and, and the good news is this morning is that, you know what? Um, darkness can't beat the light. Th- there's always a light. There's always a shimmer. If we can turn those back up so I can see. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and everything. And I love that it's when we're in the darkest places that it's an opportunity for God to shine the brightest. It's an opportunity for hope to shine the brightest. It's an opportunity to actually see. And sometimes we have to be in such a dark place and that's the only way we see the light. If you turn your Bibles over to Psalm chapter 19. In Psalm 19, I, I love that, that God says in the middle of this universe, in the expanse of space, in the darkness, in absolute darkness that it is, that God in that declares his glory. Look at this, verse 1. The psalmist writes, And the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day, pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. The voice goes out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the, earth, of the world. In them he has, set his, he has set a tent for the sun. I'm going to keep going. I love this chapter. Which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course of joy. It's rising from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. I love that God himself in the midst of darkness declares himself in the stars. That, you know, one of the things I love where I live right now, I can go into my backyard. There's not a lot of light and you can just see the stars. I I remember being in the middle of Saudi Arabia, in the middle of the desert, and literally um, in in the darkness and and, in all that was going on there and all the trouble, I could look up and literally see the Milky Way and remind me that God declares himself in the darkness and, and so this so this holiday season i just challenge you to take a moment and look up in, in the darkest time in the darkest night just take a moment and just look up and, and, and see the stars and see how god declares himself now darkness is is nothing new darkness is nothing new to us darkness was nothing new to the israelites at this time I mean, literally, they had lived, they had been oppressed and ruled over by one dictator after another dictator. And by the time Christ was there, the Romans were there, and they were tired, and, and they were beat up, and they were promised a Messiah. They were promised hope, and, and they were promised light and everything. Oh, I love this, too. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set them in place, what is man that you are mindful of, and the son of man that you care for him? 
Uh, it's just this, this picture that God just continues, no matter how dark we make it, how dark our lives is, that God is going to continuously declare himself. He's going to show himself. He, he's going to make sure that he's known. But as I said, they were promised. Hundreds and hundreds of years before anything happened in the time of Isaiah, when everything was getting pushed down, they're promised. In, in, in Isaiah 9, 2, it says, The people who walked in darkness, they have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of a deep darkness of them has light shone. That's good news that the darkness is going to break. But the problem is, is so often it, it's, it's the waiting. You know? It's a, it does, it's, it's like saying those things where like, you know, I know things are bad, but they're going to get better. You know, how many of us actually like to hear that when things are rough? Oh, they're going to get better. Well, thank you very much, but you're not going through this right now. And the Israelites felt the same way. They're like, man, we're being oppressed and pushed down. The Romans were brutal and everything. And one day a Messiah is coming. But I can tell you, if you hold on, if we all hold on, that hope is coming. But it's the waiting that's really hard. And so after we acknowledge the darkness in our world, the darkness in our life, and we understand that God still declares himself through that, we have to go through and embrace the wait. Boy, that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? <laughs> I want to embrace waiting. I, I love waiting. Put me in a line at Disney again. I love, oh my gosh, there's a 90-minute, 170-minute wait for this ride. Great! <laughs> Do any of you jump up and down? I mean, it's a hard thing to do. Nobody, nobody likes to, to, to wait anymore. In fact, we live in an instant culture, don't we? As I've told you this before, if I'm in line at Wendy's over there and it takes more than three minutes, that is no longer considered fast food to me. <laughs> I mean, like, why am I having this as a line? I should be like, I should just be able to like instantly pop up. We, we go online and we order, you know, Amazon Prime. I, I get it in two days. And if it's a minute late, I'm going to complain. We are an instant culture. We want everything instant. And that's, that's how we're raising our kids. That's how we live because everything is instant. You want your news? You click Google. Just Google it. You don't even have to click anymore. I just look at my phone now and just say, Google, what's happening? And it tells me everything. I don't have to wait for anything. But the problem is, is we've forgotten that waiting reminds us where our true hope is. And we have to actually wait for something it tells us where our hope really lies see is it in some some technology is it in some some system or some program if that where my hope is it's going to let us down every time see waiting isn't bad it's actually good it builds expectancy you know, I, I remember as a kid at Christmas, you know, we would come out every year and my mom and dad, they would put all the gifts in the tree and we would run out in our little Scooby-Doo pajamas and, and we'd be all excited. My mom would always like, wait, and we'd have to stand there. And she's like, I have to take pictures. <laughs> There's a tree right here full of presents glistening just saying open me open me and i'm standing there in my little scooby-doo pajamas and she's like gotta take a picture and it was the old like we got the fancy polaroid you know <laughs> where it's like click all right wait five minutes <laughs> oh you weren't you weren't you weren't looking take another i'm like ah but every one of our christmas pictures as kids is us doing this looking at the tree and never at my mom just going hurry up hurry up 
Because we don't like to wait, but waiting is good. It builds an expectation. It, it, it builds in us um, that something great is coming. And isn't that what we want? See, see our problem is, is, is we live between the already and not yet. And there's a day coming when the ultimate answer to all our issues, to all the darkness, is, is, is going to be taken care of. Turn to Revelation chapter 7. In Revelation chapter 7, sorry, verse 9, John writes this, and he says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with, with palm branches in their hands. And jump down to verse 16. It says, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb is in the midst of the throne. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is a promise that everything that's going on in this world, everything that we don't like, everything that has given us heartache and trouble <coughs> is going to be set right. The problem is, is right now we're waiting. Already done, Christ finished the work on the cross to not yet done because he hasn't restored everything yet. And we're in that in-between time right now. And we wait and we're in that in-between time right now at Christmas where we know like, hey, it's coming. It's coming. But the wait is good. And when we embrace the wait, it makes the day so much better. See, God, I promise you, will answer and provide in his time. And he's always on time. We, we don't always like that. He doesn't always provide the way we want. He doesn't always provide the way I want. He doesn't provide in my timing, but in his timing, he's always right. Even the Bible even says is when the time was perfect, when the time is right, he sent his son. His timing's always right. And when, when our hope is based on the fact that God is a God that has always kept his promises, that God is always one that has followed through, that God is going to redeem, restore, and fix everything, and my hope lies in that, then a little bit of waiting doesn't hurt so much. And so as this season goes on and you watch the news and you see the crazy YouTube videos of people punching each other for, for a stuffed animal in Walmart, and you say, what is this world coming to? Remember, what this world is coming to is that Christ is going to return. And that will be no more. But we have to just wait. And we have to embrace that wait. And we have to, we have to sit in that wait. And, and, and live in that wait. And so, so we acknowledge the darkness. We embrace the wait. We embrace with expectation that Christ is coming. That everything's going to be set right. And then finally, look at, look at this. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm so excited about this. I keep jumping all over. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That, that's what this year is about. That's what every year is about. The assurance of things hoped for. I know what, where my hope lies. Where's your hope lie this year? Is it that you're going to be able to get plenty of Christmas gifts? Or is it that you're going to have plenty of family? See, my hope in something that, you know, I don't see it, but I know is there. 
until I can wait. And so finally, finally in this, we, we have to commit to the journey. We, we have to commit ourselves to this journey. If, if we're going to get anything, if this is going to be a Christmas like you've never had before, you've got to commit to the journey. Yes, you acknowledge the darkness, that there's going to be trouble, there's hard times, there's stuff all around us, that we understand we're waiting and expecting God to do something good. But then finally, we have to commit to the journey. And that's, that's, that's the problem, because so many times we, we think waiting is just sitting. Okay, if I'm waiting, I'm just going to sit here. We, we read the Bible, it says, be still and know that I'm God. And it says, okay, so I'm just going to sit in my lazy boy and just wait for God. <sighs> okay, God, five more minutes. <laughs> it, it's funny, like on Sunday night or we have Bible study, I ask a question and everything goes quiet. And I'm like, I'm not afraid of silence. But actually I am because I wouldn't be talking if I was. Because we don't like that and stuff. And we think like waiting is just sitting around doing nothing. But I think God calls us to active waiting. That God calls us actually to be involved in this process. To be, to be involved in what he's doing and what he's up to. That we show up to church. I always say this. If, if you came to church this morning not expecting anything, that's what you're probably going to get. That we show up to church, we show up to Christmas, we show up to Easter, we show up to all these things expecting something amazing and, and God overpowering and, over, and showing his glory and just overwhelming us. And when we expect that and we are actively seeking that, then that waiting happens and that's part of that journey. I, I love, look, look at this. In Psalm 31, 24, it says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. It doesn't say just sit there and go limp. It says, well, I'm just going to, I pray, so many of us will pray one time, God, would you do this for me? Would you show, reveal yourself to me? Okay, it didn't happen today, so I guess he's not going to answer that. God, would you move in this family? Would you have, move in this community? Would you do that? Well, we haven't seen it yet, so let's just, let's move on to the next thing. That's not being strong. That's not taking courage. That's giving up. That's sitting there and just sitting there going like, okay, it's Christmas again. Woohoo! I'll decorate. I'll cook. And when it's all done, I'll sleep for three days. Until New Year's. That's when the real party happens. Isn't that sad? How many of us, how many people do we know that that's going to be their attitude this year? If I just got to get through Christmas and then New Year's Eve, oh, let it all out. There is no new year without Christ coming for you. There is no new year without the hope that we have, because if your hope lies in anything else, if it lies in your job, if it lies into your, your 401k and your retirement, if it relies in your popularity, if it relies in how many Facebook friends liked your Christmas picture, you're going to be let down every single time. It says be strong. Let your heart take courage. Lean in this year. Lean in. Read your Bible. Read the prophecies. Read the stories over and over again. Find yourself in those stories. But, but lean in. Don't just sit there and go like, okay, God, I'm waiting for my Christmas miracle. Because you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Yes, yes, we acknowledge the darkness. Yes, we embrace the weight. But it doesn't mean we just sit there and let it all pass us by. We have to be active in our waiting. We have to be, keep moving forward. It means show up at church. 
show up with the attitude like, man, I want to sing and I want to fellowship and, and I, wanna, I know I'm going to be in God's presence every time that we show up. Every single day, expect God's presence in your life. I, I love that. I've said this before. I hate the songs and I hate the prayers and we're like, God, would you come and join us? Would your spirit come and be in our presence and everything? It's not, that's not the question because God is always there. If you're a follower of Christ, wherever you go, God is there. What we need to be praying is, God, open my eyes so I know and I see and I recognize that you're here every single day. As I drive around and I look at Christmas lights, as I hear music on the radio that you will get sick of in about three, in two weeks, that all you hear is the Christmas songs and stuff. I don't care if you want a hippopotamus for Christmas. You know, <laughs> I love the song, but I don't need to hear it 3,000 times. But we just actively, we search and, and we seek and, and we find. Look at, in First Peter one three, Peter writes this. He says, "Therefore, preparing your minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you as the revelation of Jesus Christ." We have to actively look for Him. You ever wonder why Jesus was born in a little tiny town called Bethlehem? No one thought of. It was just a little, little. I mean, it, it made Groveland look like a metropolis. I mean, it was just, it was nothing there. There were some shepherds. It was the place, by the way, that they raised sheep to go to sacrifice. What a perfect place for the Lamb of God to be born. They had to come look for him. The wise men, they saw a star and they traveled months and months. And, and actually, by the way, you know, if you have a nativity scene and you have wise men, I'm okay with that. But they weren't there the day he was born. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> They traveled and they sought and they actively kept going through some of the roughest terrain and, and scariest places, but they kept going because they prepared their minds. There was action. They were actively going. And I want to challenge you, if you want to experience the hope that this season brings, that God brings every single day, you've got to actively seek it. You've got to look for it because there's a world out there that wants to take it from you, that wants to tell you it's a lie. There's no hope there. There's no peace there. There's no joy there. There's none of that. You can just try to be happy. That's what they're going to tell you. Just try to be happy this season. I don't want to be happy. I want to be filled with joy. I want to be overwhelmed by God's grace and love and the amazing idea that God himself put flesh on and came and dwelt among us. Isn't that what the word Emmanuel? God is with us, that he literally came and entered human history. The one moment that split time in half, the birth of Christ, I want to experience the fullness of that. And that has nothing to do with what's under my tree or what's in my oven or who's coming over or what parties we go to or another. It has everything to do that the God of the universe entered our world. And I will miss it if I'm not actively looking. G.I. Packer, great theologian, says the Christmas message is there is hope for a ruined humanity, hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later he might hang on a cross. What this time of year means more than anything else is hope, that you and I are not forgotten, that you and I didn't miss it, that God pursued us from the moment that we fell, the moment we said, God, I want to do things my way. 
not your way. Yet he pursued us and he set the stage for the event that would just split time. The birth of his son. And that's what I want to experience this year. I, I don't know where you're at this morning. I, I don't know what what is happening in, in your life and the, and the struggles that you are facing and, and the difficulties that you're going through. I know what's going on in my life. I can't, I can't talk for you. But I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, all the way down through my very bones, that in the darkest place, in the darkest time, there's still hope. I, I love this. Let, let, let me read this to you. Just listen to these words again that Paul writes. Through him... We have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering when things are dark and it's hard, knowing that that suffering and these trials will produce endurance, that I'll be able to be strengthened and be able to keep moving and keep going, and endurance produces character. And we so desperately need character in our culture today. And character produces hope. In, in the ESV it says, and hope does not put us to shame. I, I like it in other versions it says, and hope doesn't disappoint. Ever. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There is hope available for you. There's hope available for all of us. There's hope for this community. There's hope for our homes, our families, everything. There is always hope. As long as there is breath in our lungs, there is hope. And that's what this is about. The Israelites waited hundreds and hundreds of years. And they were so stuck on this is what it should look like and this is what I want that they missed it the first time. I promise you they won't miss it the second time. When he returns. Don't miss it this year. Don't miss the hope. Don't miss the, the joy, the peace, the love that is all available to us. If we'll just commit to that journey. And so I want to ask you this morning, will you commit to that journey this year? Will you say, yeah, I'm going to invite friends. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be ready. Because I, I want to experience the fullness of this. Because what's amazing is when we do that, when we actually just put our hearts and our lives into that this season, Christmas morning is going to show up and it will be unlike any Christmas you've ever experienced. Because it won't matter what's under the tree. It won't matter what you're having for dinner. It won't matter who's there. You will, you will sit there and you will understand the hope of glory, the hope of all humanity showed up as a baby. That's what I want you to experience. That's what I want to experience. And so I pray and I hope that you go on this journey with us and continue and dig in and lean in and see what it does at the end of it. Because to me, Christmas shouldn't end on December 25th. This is something that we should experience every single day, 24-7. And it's available to you. So this morning, I would just I want to give you a chance to respond to that. I, I, like I said, I don't know where you are. You may have 
be exhausted and struggling, like, I don't know how we're going to make it this Christmas. I don't know what's going to go on and stuff. Um, I just want to encourage you and challenge you right now just to experience the hope that is Christ. That no matter what's happening in your circumstances, He's faithful. And that may mean for some of you, like, you've never experienced that. And that, it's simple. If you want to experience Christmas for real for the first time, it, it starts with us just acknowledging God, I know I'm in darkness. I, I've done things my way, not your way. And I'm sorry. Come into my life. Forgive me, Jesus. I know you died for me. I want to experience Christmas for real this year. For the rest of us, it may just be the idea like, man, I'm just so, I'm bogged down. I'm busy with all the glitter and glam, and I see all the lights everywhere else, and I'm missing the one true light. God, focus me this year that I pick your light out of every other light, and that's the one I follow. So whatever you are, wherever you're at, we just want you to have a chance to respond. And as I said at the beginning, we have a place, we have a prayer closet. You can go back there and pray there. Um, You can respond through tithes and offerings. You can just sit there and listen to the music. Um, But I think we should sing really loud, and we should be excited, because Christ is coming. Christ is here. Hope is here. Let's pray. God, I just thank you this morning.